Hey, if you got you know money in the bank, that money it's false security. You should put your money to work and you know give me your money and I'll give you a monthly return. Well, that can blow up, and it's it's a horrible thought to think that you're going to put your money you know perhaps into somebody else's hand and then have them move forward and then pay you. You know you can take control of commercial real estate. You can move forward and get your starter property and then build upon that like a strong foundation and then build generational wealth. So a really strong foundation and then building a portfolio of generational wealth. Can put you into a situation where you can be and easily be a multimillionaire and also have your hand on the controls. It's all about control in this business. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling, but there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what, I can fix that, I can help people, and I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world, others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence, so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello, and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I got a special treat for you today. I'm here live on the line with one of my favorite real estate investors in the country. His name is Terry Hale. Terry, are you there? I sure am. How's it going, Richard? Awesome. I have been working with Terry for a number of years, um, helping him with, uh, with his organization. He does some really, really cool stuff with commercial real estate. Um, so before we get too far into that, Terry, why don't you tell me a little bit about what your business is like now, both from what you do in the real estate space and then how you help people get into the real estate space. So sort of like both sides of your business. Um, so people can get an idea of what you do. For sure. So uh, first and foremost, uh, the last couple decades, I've been investing in commercial real estate and commercial real estate is not big and scary. I'm not talking about big skyscrapers or, you know, any of these uh, property types that are um, uh, where, where you can't grab it and actually control it. Talking about the easy stuff. And what I've been doing is uh, looking at these properties that are underperforming, uh, owned by mom and pop. There's a reason in the story why they're selling. And I take them, I buy them with aggressive terms, sometimes creative terms like seller financing. Then I reposition them, and then I'll either keep them for cash flow or I will go ahead and off them to an end buyer and they want to create a portfolio, so they keep them. That's one end of the business that I've been doing. I've been doing it very successful and I have a very nice portfolio. I'm not talking about crazy syndication stuff or, or anything that's big and scary, like I said. It's, it's about actually owning and controlling commercial real estate. The second part to that business is uh, about 15 years ago, so about five years into my career, uh, after I mastered in a systematic approach and uh, doing it myself, I started teaching and started showing people how to do it. I put together eight different curriculums of training that span across all aspects of commercial real estate investing for all property types. And what I'm doing, Richard, is I'm actually doing a huge give back and showing people how to get started in the business and uh, do also partner uh, with clients as well. Awesome. So how did you get started in, um, as an entrepreneur, right? So I know like, just cause I know from talking to you that you're sort of 
you got your fingers in all sorts of different businesses, you know, real estate's your big one. Um, but, how, you know, we talk on the show all the time about your origin story, right? Every hero has an origin story where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers and maybe you could use them to help other people. How did you find yourself on the entrepreneurial path? So uh, what I did was I was, I was very intuitive and I actually watched, I watched things happen. I, I watched what people are doing. I watched how people scale, how they grow. And then I understood quickly that, you know, even though I felt like I had super, superpowers, and I do have superpowers, by the way, um, what I did understand also is that in order to scale, um, you do actually have to delegate and you have to work along the same path with somebody, but being able to not make them codependent, but truly make them independent. So what I'm doing is I take my superpowers and what I'm doing is I'm actually just duplicating myself. And that's part of one of my big, my big powers that I take myself, I duplicate, and then I do it again and again and again. Now there's all these Terry Hills out there and we're able to move forward and create an empire. Awesome. So um, has, has real estate been the only business that you've, uh, you've run so far or have you done other things? Yeah, I've done a lot of things. Um, I've uh, been in a bunch of different spaces. I've uh, owned and ran internet marketing businesses, uh, had different types of funnels set up, showing uh, other entrepreneurs uh, how they can actually uh, have a book of credibility because I've authored eight different books and curriculums of training. So once I did that and I saw the flow of that, I thought to myself, you know what, why don't I go ahead and show people how to get their message out to the marketplace? So I'm a part of that. Um, I've done a lifestyle uh, business as well. Uh, which did wonderful. Uh, we had uh, three retail stores that opened in Malibu. Uh, that was great. I bought and sold that business, uh, excuse me, created and sold that business. But yeah, my primary focus, what happened when I, when I started looking at uh, doing uh, multiple things and having multiple streams of income, I always just go back to commercial real estate because there's only so much time in a day. And for me, commercial is one of these things, like I'll give you an example. Um, over the last 30 days, um, our numbers are very strong. I've done a $204,000 take on one project and a $335,000 take on another. So those are just two projects within the last 30 days. And you just can't make that kind of money doing other things in, in, as far as the way I see it. And again, this is not syndicating capital. This isn't moving any, any big and making huge moves. These are making strategic, uh, very careful moves, but understanding exactly how to do it through a systematic approach. Absolutely. So you mentioned a couple of times your superpower. I want to talk a little bit about what your, your actual superpower is, what you do or build or offer this world that really helps solve problems for people. And the way I've been framing this for my guests is like, if you look at all your skill sets that you've developed over the years, um, you really analyze them. You probably have one skill that sort of energizes or empowers the rest, right? Like your zone of genius. What is that for you that's really helped you do what you do in the real estate space? Um, I believe that it's more than just one. I think that I, I have several uh, uh, powers that are in my brain. And, and one of the things is mindset. And, you know, a lot of times we can put things in our head, we can look at the media like the current time right now, and we hear negative media and all of a sudden we instantly can get into maybe a blue mood or if it's gray outside, you can get into a blue mood. What I've always, what I've always done is I've always just kept a clear mindset on what it is that I want to accomplish. But then second to that, it's how I put together my confidence and saying to myself, you know what, I can make this happen. I can go ahead and cross the T's, dot the I's. If someone else can do it, I can do it too. And there's a third. And my third is that um, my power uh, is power of negotiation. So I've understood quickly that if I can work towards a mutual benefit and bridge that gap of this, this antisocial 
uh, network, as I call it, that we're all about these days of being a little bit more impersonal, maybe text messaging and emailing versus making a phone call, understanding the story on why somebody has a problem and identifying what that story is. My skill set and my power is really honing in and understanding their mindset and understanding what their problems are and then solving their problem for that mutual benefit. And of course, I gain from that. So I believe that's a huge value add. Absolutely. And it's interesting because they really tie together, right? If you understand your mindset and how to control your mindset and be in charge of your mindset, it helps you sort of see someone else's mindset, be able to put yourself in their shoes, which makes you a good negotiator. So um, just out of curiosity, do you have recommendations for people who might struggle with their mindset, whether they're in real estate or not, and they're growing a business? How do you take control of your mindset um, and use it to your advantage instead of have it being something that's holding you back? Yeah, so a lot of times we're all, we're all natural problem solvers. And that right there is a problem. Because, you know, what do they say? You only use like 10% of your brain unless you're Einstein, right? I think you use more, of course, right? Yeah. But the average person only uses a portion of their brain. So now all of a sudden, us humans, we're naturally, we get bored fast. We, especially now with everybody with this thing going on and, and having to stay, Absolutely. right? Right. Unless you're really enjoying yourself um, and, and you like yourself, right? <laughs> you, and you're not around a lot of people, and, and you, you're you're in a space where you're actually growing in the mindset. But but the problem is we're we're all natural problem solvers. So with that, it's also a disadvantage. And what I find is that people become worry warts. Some people worry more. Some people create problems in their mindset. You know, you sit there and they start biting their fingernails. They start worrying about everything. And maybe you have been in a situation where you've really been concerned about the outcome of an event. And then all of a sudden it just naturally works itself out. 95% of the problems that we focus on never come to fruition because we're natural problem solvers, but we also create drama in our head. So what I do is I try to remain drama free, right? I limit my exposure to negativity and I, I move so fast that, that that negativity doesn't stick to me. And that's just the way I do things. Money likes speed and I like money. So I ride its coattails and that's the way I do my business, man. I move quick and I, I stay positive. Yeah, I love that. My, uh, my wife always tells me that uh, worrying is her most effective means of affecting her, her life because if she worries about it, it never comes true. <laughs> I always find that funny, right? Because, you know, we, uh, the, the, we do solve problems really well. And I love, the, uh, I love the, the concept of, you know, money loves speed. I always like the, uh, the inverse of that too. So money loves speed and wealth loves time, right? So if you can quickly get money, you can use time to, uh, to create wealth. Um, and those tie really well together with real estate because because of things like appreciation and compounding interest and stuff like that where if you can move quickly on deals and move quickly with negotiation you can use that time to your advantage and create a lot of i think what you call generational wealth correct yeah and you know what it's not just a, a one-time thing it can be a rinse and repeat model and what i found is that since we're dealing with mom and pop and we're not dealing with this crazy like i know all of you guys have heard about syndication about how hey if you got you know money in the bank that money it's false security you should put your money to work and you know give me your money and i'll give you a monthly return well that can blow up and it's it's a horrible thought to think that you're going to put your money you know perhaps into somebody else's hand and then have them move forward and then pay you you know you can take control of commercial real estate you can move forward and get your starter property and then build upon that like a strong foundation and then build generational wealth. So a really strong foundation and then building a portfolio of generational wealth can put you into a situation where you can be and easily be a multimillionaire and also have your hand on the controls. It's all about control in this business.
Absolutely. So just from a tactical perspective, for someone who's looking at commercial real estate and they maybe have been looking at single family or looking at other things and they might have a little bit of money, maybe they got their stimulus check sitting in their pocket they just got from the, uh, the crisis. Um, is there like a, a minimum sort of like cash on hand you would need in order to, I don't know, put, you know, earnest money down or put down payments or get your hands into the commercial real estate business? Is this like, if I don't have a million dollars in the bank, I can't do it? Or is it something that you can do with less cash on hand in order to actually like get into that business? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, and it's a misconception across the board because people see, you know, folks talking about commercial real estate and how you have to have like an 800 plus FICO score because you're going to give your personal credit. Then you have to have 20 or 30% to put down. And then you also have to have cash reserves. And then you have to have marketing money and, and money to keep it stabilized. And that's so far from the truth. So there's a few different ways to do it, Richard. Um, if you're going to be just talking about tying up property and wholesaling it, like I've been doing, like I said, over the last 30 days, had two takes, a 204 and a $355,000 take. Um, both of those projects, it only took an actual EMD, which is an earnest money deposit. And those earnest money deposits are as low as a thousand up to uh, just a couple thousand dollars. And they're not at risk. They're applied to the purchase price at closing and they're fully refundable. So they never go hard. And then since you're going to be assigning the contract, somebody else replaces their earnest with your earnest, so you get your money back. And then whatever price point you tack on top of the dollar amount that you locked it in for, right, you're going to put your money on top. So if you put a couple hundred grand on top of it, well, at closing, then you get the couple hundred grand that comes to either your personal name or entity, however it's structured. That's one way to do the business. The second way, if you're actually going to be closing it for long-term hold, one way is a wholesale, the one, next one is a long-term hold. You're going to be putting down anywhere from 10% to 20%. Typically, we never go over 20%. But at that point, we do use OPM, which is other people's money. And what we do is we actually give equity versus debt. So we don't create this debt structure where we're giving a return on the money. We just say, hey, you know what? You know, someone over here, they have, say, we're going to get into a deal with 10% down and it's a million dollar purchase price and we need that 100000 down. Um, we'll go ahead and bring that money in and we'll give an exchange for equity. So somebody may, may come in with an additional cash reserve. So maybe if we come in, say, for 150 or 175000 and we give a percentage of the deal to them. So now they're actually a limited partner. They're on the operating agreement of the LLC. They actually have ownership of the project. And then we move it forward, reposition it, and sell it. And everybody gets paid. Everybody makes money. So, so great deal. Does does a transaction like that, um, it, when you actually bring the invest the outside investor in as an equity partner, does that keep you out of the SEC regulations that are required when you start doing the uh, the uh, I can't remember the name that you used a minute ago the syndication uh, syndication yeah yeah because at this point you have a relationship with this individual they must be an accredited investor which means that they meet a rule uh, they either have a, a, a million dollars in net worth or over two hundred thousand in income. Uh, and if anybody wants to, to know more about that, you can Google the three-in-one rule for accredited investors. But yeah, you have a relationship with that person and they're coming in as a limited partner. So it, uh, it gets away from that big, scary syndication stuff that uh, maybe you guys have heard some of the buzz going on, but it's definitely not a space that I'm comfortable in nor I would ever want to be in. Um, this is about working with individual people for a mutual benefit. This isn't some pie in the sky, big pro forma future value you know, here, let's get in on it now. It's going to be worth so much more money. It's not what we're doing. It's not what we're doing, Richard. We're buying on the as-is value today 
and understanding exactly what the projection of year one, two, three, four, five looks like. But since we're purchasing it so aggressive, we can get in on these deals for the right price and we do have value add scenario. Absolutely. So curious question, just in light of everything that's going on, how has your strategy changed in your business from being in a booming economy to now being in what is essentially a shutdown economy and most likely over the next few months a recession, um, even if it's a minor recession? How does that change your strategy in real estate or has it changed it at all? Yeah, it absolutely has changed. And, and that's the thing. You know, if it doesn't change, then, you know, your BS detector might go off. Right? <laughs> because it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> Nothing changes in business. You're not doing anything different. Everyone's going to do something different in, in business, whether it's going to be the tone that you use or the message that you give somebody or a strategy like in my business. So um, before this, this happened, um, typically the way it works is 70% uh, of my business is building a portfolio long-term bull, right? And then 30% was wholesaling. Now it's 70% wholesaling, 30% portfolio hold. So it just flip-flopped and that's just kind of a, a just a, a rough average of, of how we're, you know, on a percentage basis of how we're doing this business. But see, I'm also working with different property types as well. There's a lot of people out there in the commercial space that are talking about multifamily on how great multifamily is. Well, right now, multifamily is not a great investment because when people are just living off that stimulus check, which is very small, by the way, they need to add zeros to that check. <laughs> but you know, if they're living off of that check or they're, they're being affected in a positive light from that check, chances are they're not gonna be paying uh, their, their bill, right? To, to live in the house or apartment. So what I find is that properties like self-storage where you're only talking about you know, a $35, $60, $100 bill, to keep all of their stuff, especially if they happen to downsize during the, the, the downturn recession. Um, Self-storage is a very uh, profitable property type and it is recessionary proof, um, along with several others. Um, you know, if you look at it, uh, there's also uh, mobile home parks that are also recessionary proof because it's more affordable housing than apartments. And uh, there's also RV parks. Um, if for anybody who's ever stayed in an RV park, you know that it's not a big expense to pay a bill and be able to, you know, live in, in, in that space as long as you have, you know, your, uh, your, your mobile, you know, your mobile unit. So there's yeah. all kinds of benefits to it, you know, for the right property type. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, we, we travel full time and my audience all knows that. And, you know, when, when they put all the states on sort of, you know, shelter in place and lockdown and whatnot, we've picked a park in paradise and just paid for the month and stayed, right? Because it's, it's inexpensive and it's a good way to, uh, you know, to just stop and not travel while everything is sort of going crazy. But yeah, so, so the property types you've been working in um, during this sort of crisis have been self-storage, RV parks, and uh, um, what was the last one? Mobile home parks. Mobile home parks, interesting. Yeah. So, so that's really interesting to like sort of hear a little bit about how your business works. Um, what I wanna talk a little bit about is the, uh, we talk about this all the time, is that the flip side of your superpower is your fatal flaw. Right. So just like uh, Superman has his kryptonite or Batman's not actually a superhero. He's just, you know, a ninja. Uh, <laughs> um, what is something that you have struggled with in growing your business that you've had to work on yourself that's held you back a little bit? Um, I think more importantly, how have you worked on it? So someone who's listening who might struggle from something similar might learn a little bit from you. Right. So, you know, admitting, admitting, um, you know, uh, a negative, uh, you know, that's fine. I get it. It's humbling. Uh, so where, where has it been a struggle? <laughs> where is it? I mean, when, when I'm nailing deals, like I've nailed the last 30 days, it's hard for me to say that I have, you know, some immediate flaws. <laughs> You're like, I'm rocking it now. <laughs> I'm rocking it. 
but you know, I think that uh, the growth of, of delegating and finding, finding the right people can be a struggle. And, you know, fortunately, Richard, I, I found you to help out with a, a lot of my um, marketing stuff and, and internet stuff. And, uh, you know, when you find somebody good, you want to hold on to those people. And it's real important that you actually connect with people that can actually do things and do things the right way. Because if there's a bunch of things that have holes in them and they're broken, and then you sit there and you're going to throw money or time at it because time is money. So it doesn't matter if you're, if you're setting up marketing funnels and you're throwing money at them or you're like me and we're, we're setting up a, a way, a good look and feel and showing credibility in what we do. And if the message isn't right, or like I said, if the call to action's wrong or sense of urgency is wrong, it's all gotta be the, the, the right flow. So I would say that the biggest challenge is just connecting and finding all those right people and delegating responsibility and staying on top of them. And, um, you know, like I said, my power is, my power is to identify. So I have, I have basically six steps in my business model, which is to find deals, pre-screen them, evaluate, structure, negotiate, and facilitate. And that's what brings in the money for me. So I, I, I can't do everything, right? Even though I have superpowers, I can't do everything. So you have to delegate. So I would say finding all the right people for all the right, all the right you know, jobs and, and uh, is, is, probably, is probably one of the most difficult things in business. And I think that's hand in hand for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I know that was a, a big struggle for me where for years I ran my business by myself. Um, and it was, uh, um, you realize that you can't wear all of the hats, right? You can't do all of the things yourself um, because you'll never grow. It'll keep you, keep you held back. Um, and when you do find the right people, you can grow your business significantly, right? Um, which is a, it's a cool, a cool place to be in in your business. Yep. So my, uh, my next question for you is something I call your common enemy, right? So this is, if you could remove one thing from your client's life that you think is holding them back, right? And I think for purpose of this discussion, let's talk about your, the people that you work with to educate them about commercial real estate. Something that you sort of run into all the time with people who are trying to get into this space, um, mindsets that are holding them back, that if you could just wave your magic wand, your students would get better results quicker, faster, because they changed that, that thing. What is that common enemy that you sort of bang your head against the wall all the time with? Yeah, so we're constantly doing that. So we, we, we look at deal flow three times a week. Um, we do it on Mondays. And when we do Mondays, we, we call that like the open session. So we look at all the deal flow that people have brought in over the weekend. And sometimes there could be, you know, 100 deals in the pipeline or something as little as maybe a couple dozen. And then what we do is we go through those projects, we categorize them, and then we have something called Whack It Wednesday. And if it doesn't make the cut, it gets whacked, right? And then we have Fabulous Friday. And Fabulous Friday is when we, we've already gone through the week and we've made the calls, we've done our due diligence, and at that point, we're negotiating projects and putting them together for the next week. So it's extremely efficient. But I'll use my little whiteboard behind me really quick, if I may. Can you see the whiteboard okay? So yeah, yeah, I can. Part of what I do when I'm looking at a property, by the way, all commercial real estate in my world is just a box. That's all it really is. You know, a house is a box, right? Multifamily, there's a bunch of houses inside a big box. Self-storage, there's a bunch of small boxes. It's like apartments without the people, but they're all just a box. And every, every one of my clients, when they come through, what they want to look at is the, the upside of, of income. So now when they see that the property's filled, then obviously there's more money, right? Pretty basic, right? But what they don't realize is yeah. that we're buying it here, this dollar amount, and we're buying it filled up all the way, that there's no room for upside. It's lack of upside. So what I'm trying to teach all my clients is that we need to buy it amongst this threshold of anywhere between... 30 to say 40%. And if we can buy at 30 to 40%, now we realize all of this upside to make the money. 
And I just have a lot of clients that want it to happen so fast. And they, they, they follow my, my guidance because I, money likes speed and I like speed. And like we just said, building generational wealth. But if I could change the mindset of every one of my clients, it would be to focus on the problematic properties where people have to sell, not just want to sell. Everybody wants to sell to get a payday. There's no, there's no hidden uh, agenda there. Everybody wants a payday, right? In every business. But if we can yeah. focus on the problematic ones, that, that it's apparent that, hey, there is upside and we can make money. If I could change that mindset in all of my clients, then together we could build exponential wealth. Amazing, amazing generational wealth together. Awesome. I think that's actually a really good tie into the flip side of that question, right? So if you're fighting against this, this misunderstanding of where you want to buy your properties, that's the common enemy, enemy that you fight against. Your driving force is the thing that you fight for, right? Um, so just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or, you know, Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that you guys fight for in your real estate education company? What do we fight for? Like, what are we, what's our your mission? Our main goal, what's our mission statement? Our mission statement is to join forces. And by joining forces, we create synergy. Because with business that we do, one and one does not equal two, it equals three. And by the power of numbers and working together and me duplicating myself, it's not just about one pie. It's about me getting a piece of the pie and everybody getting a piece of the pie and everybody eats and we grow and, and scale. And that's, that's the one thing we fight for is constant growth. Awesome. So um, when it comes to, comes to that, so, just, so I, I'm sort of getting a picture from the way you're talking here that when you, when you bring in students to teach them how to do this, you're actually not bringing them in and just teaching them and throwing them off on their own. You're, you're teaching them and having them sort of become part of your, I don't know if organization is the right word, but you're, helping, you're, you're having them, helping them close and find and negotiate these deals and doing them together. Right. So the, again, there's six steps of my, my process. It's to find, pre-screen, evaluate. So we stop right there. So when a client comes in and they actually learn the business and we speak the same language, we teach them how to find, how to pre-screen, and how to evaluate. Then myself and my team, we structure. We structure the deal. We put it together. Then we negotiate the deal. And then we move it forward and we actually facilitate it and bring in the team. So the team runs it. We delegate. We don't do management. We have an asset management company, but that just oversees the actual little foot soldiers that are on the ground running around actually managing the property. So we're able to do everything virtual from your home, from your computer, from your phone. You don't have to jump on a stinky airplane and go fly around and look at property. And the way my structure works is it's a three entity tier structure. There's three actual uh, LLCs. There's a holding LLC that's in state specific where the property is located. And then if you become a client, that's you. <clears throat> and then this would be me and my team. The way it works is if you're a client, we're all connected to the mothership that owns the property in the state specific. And then you get 50%. And then we get 50% under a LP, which stands for limited partnership. Very seamless flow, very easy to understand, a very simple structure. So now they eat, we eat, everybody eats. And that's how we grow and we scale. And we get away from that crazy syndication stuff I provide all the heavy lifting, I bring in the capital, I bring in the asset management team, we complete the due diligence, we help negotiate the project, we do it all. So what the, what the client's uh, job or their work would be is to learn it, speak the same language, and actually source the projects, and together, that's a great, 
that's that synergy, that's that one plus one equals three. That's the synergy that we bring. And we can scale and grow together. That's awesome. Yeah. We're yeah, the- and that gives, <laughs> that gives you that gives you like like an ability to create like an, an army of property finders who are who are creating you know you're doing all these deals together all over the place that's really cool yeah so a well-respected army by the talk way, a little all about integrity a very well yeah, respected and appreciated uh, a clientele base <laughs> absolutely so I want to talk a little bit um, pra- um, about some practical things, right? So we call this our hero's tool belt, right? Maybe you got a big magical hammer like Thor or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer. What are some of the tools you use in your business that you couldn't do what you do without them, right? So maybe this is something like, you know, everything from, you know, using Zoom for calls or your cell phone or something that you do with client management. What are some of the tools, the practical tools that sort of make your real estate business run? All right. Now, I consider myself one of my superpower, my superhero powers that I forgot about was that I'm a little artistic. So being that, um, <laughs> and I'm systematic, I put together something so amazing. I call it the property pre-screening form. And this property pre-screening form gives me all the detailed information that we need to know. And then once you have the trained eye for it, again, positive mindset with the trained eye because you've harnessed that knowledge. You can literally look at these property pre-screening sheets and within literally minutes, I'm not talking 60 minutes or 120 minutes, I'm talking within a time frame of say five minutes to 10 minutes, look at all the detailed information, which is simple to get because these brokers are salespeople and sellers are salespeople. So they want to they want to they want to give you that information so you can make a conscious, educated decision whether you you're going to pass or play on the deal. So once we get that information, um, what we do is we put it on the property pre-screening form, and that is one of the tools that we use. And I have a second tool that's super powerful as well. You see, everything that we do has this seamless flow from when we gather the information on the pre-screening form to when we are on the phone now because we have the intel to make an intelligent conversation. We simply casually discuss the opportunity with the seller. Now that conversation, we take detailed notes and that conversation goes and gets put onto something called a letter of intent. And that is actually our offer. That's our blueprint for the contract. So two things, one is the pre-property pre-screening form and the second thing is letter of intent. I have over a dozen letters of intent that span across every tactic and every situation from wholesaling to long-term holds to seller financing to escalation of interest clauses, to subordination, to release of land clauses when we deal with land, all different types, and I could keep going. So these tools are put down yeah. into a simple form, and that that definitely is superhero stuff on the tool belt, I'll tell you, Richard. <laughs> Absolutely, I remember the first time you explained subordination to me, I think my mind might have exploded, because um, I didn't know you could even do things like that. <laughs> right, you're right, you're like, Poof. Okay, here I am. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, wow, that was, that was really cool. Subordinated seconds and that kind of stuff. Yep. So my next question for you has to do with your own personal heroes, right? So just like Frodo has Gandalf or Luke has Obi-Wan Kenobi or Robert Kiyosaki has Rich Dad, who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors, peers who were a couple of years ahead of you, um, you know, or speakers, authors? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your real estate um, business? Well, I'd say my number one hero would be my father who recently just passed away. Um, and, uh, you know, it was one of those things where he taught me lessons, possibly without even knowing that he was teaching me a lesson. And um, it's, uh, it's super great to, to, as I mentioned before, to be intuitive and to, to understand that. I remember when I, when I was doing construction one time and I picked up a 70 pound jackhammer and I walked over to it. And this is when I was, uh, you know, 15 years old. 
I probably weighed about 120 pounds wet. And I picked up the 70 pound jackhammer and I hit the button on it and, pow, 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 and it flew me back and I landed right flat on my back. And my father walked over and he picked up the jackhammer, he held it with one hand and he hit it, pulled it back up with two hands, dropped it in one hand, hit it, and breaking up all this concrete. And he said to me, he goes, see, you don't know. And I said, I don't know what? And he said, how to work the tool. He said, always learn how to work the tool or the tool will work you. And that's really important to me, these kind of like life lessons and understanding that. By the way, I never went back to construction after that. I went back to pushing a pen across paper. <laughs> but my point being is like, little lessons like that where it's like okay so i need to learn it before i can do it that's really powerful so i'd say my first hero is my father i'm um, second to that um i've been following uh the likes of mr warren buffett for um for many years and warren made his money later in life uh, if any of you know that but i i quote a lot of buffettisms and and mr warren buffett uses very profound words like we look for seven inch bars to step over not seven foot bars to jump over and that makes a lot of sense because you could easily get into a situation or you can get into a situation with speed and ease and so I would call him a life hero as well um, I'm not following any stock advice at this time because I'm doing the commercial real estate thing as all of you should as well I encourage you to <laughs> but there it is absolutely um, and I always found it interesting too how often people who have um, you know the successful careers in their in wherever it is they're doing they always have a mentor or two who taught them life lessons and i always like to bring that up it's like you know you, you probably those people don't even know that you're that they're heroes to you your dad might uh, or might have when he was uh, when he was around but it's the people that you're in your life that are heroes to you don't always know right and um that's why i know you you hold integrity and the ability to you know lift up the people in your life uh, as a very high value um and there's probably a lot of people that look up to you as a hero as well, which is cool. Um, so I've always found that sort of like that juxtaposition really fascinating um, that we all have heroes. So I actually had a guy not, not that long ago, his name's Leslie, um, mentioned that, uh, that I, I was his hero and uh, I helped him uh, with uh, all my trainings and, and he watched a lot of my, my webinars because uh, I host live webinars every week. And he was able to move forward and actually close a project and make over $300,000, which actually saved his situation um, because he was out of work and he had a, a young family and he was able to, you know, learn what I was teaching and grasp it and be able to take some action. And he had the confidence probably because he was backed into a corner and, uh, you know, just mustered up the confidence and went out there and started punching until he became a superhero himself. And uh, he actually said, you know, hey, I'm looking up to you. Um, you're my hero. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always cool when, they, when you get a confirmation because not everyone gets that. So I want to bring it home for our listeners and talk a little bit about your guiding principles, right? Top one or two principles or actions that you put into place every day in your business that you think contribute to the success and influence that you enjoy today. Maybe something you wish you'd known when you started out 15 years ago in the real estate space. Yeah. So, you know, um, I always say I've, I've always coined the phrase of, of take action and, and just keep up because action causes reaction. And I just wish that I, I had that, somebody to inspire me to, to not just never give up, but really to get out there and to, to take the necessary action. And it's one thing to be doing something, but if something's not actually producing results, then, then you know, it's really worthless. Like, you know, hey, if no one was around and a tree fell in the forest, did the tree fall in the forest approach, right? So if you were doing something and there's no results and you're sitting in the office all day long and there's nothing that actually transpired, you didn't make any headway, um, are you really doing the best for yourself, for your family, um, and so if someone gave you that advice early on, 
um, I would I would have loved to take that principle and be able to have it because you know I'm turning 47 this year. I know I don't look it, but turning 47. This year. <laughs> and you know uh, I, I always say that I'm an overnight success. It only took me 20 years to get here. But um, but if if I have any um, uh, young listeners on the phone, young or old, whatever have you, um, you know. Your future self will thank you for the seed that you plant today. And, and that's just where it's at. Get out there and do something that's going to produce results. And that's something we practice day in and day out. It's part of our, our principles while we're here. Um, and we're transactioneers. Um, actually, one of my clients, uh, they, they loved us so much, they actually brought this. I'll read it to you. It says, absolutely no admittance, transactioneers only beyond this point. When you walk into my office, it's up on the glass wall. Because I always talk about being a transactioneer. And what that does is it takes me away from wasting my time doing things that I'm overqualified to do. And a lot of your clients and listeners here, Richard, maybe they're overqualified and they need to understand how to delegate responsibility out so they focus on what they do best. And that's something that's a principal value here that we practice is just to focus on being transactioneers and let the due diligence people do that, let the management team do that, let everybody else do what they're supposed to do, focus on what we do best. Absolutely. And I know one of the things that fascinated me, because I know I've helped you um, go through some of your trainings and we've done some, uh, some of your challenge stuff together is like when, when you talk about like taking action in the commercial real estate space, we're not talking like storming the beaches of Normandy action here. We're talking like picking up the phone and calling a broker who wants to talk to you, right? It's not like the scariest stuff in the world. Um, sure. But for whatever reason, you know, there's a lot of businesses that have more difficult actions to take but for whatever reason, real estate seems to be something that people are scared of the action that it takes in real estate. I think probably because, you know, the numbers are big and scary. So they're like the little actions that lead to those big numbers are, uh, are you know, are scary as well. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's three, three things. The first thing is that it's commercial real estate. So you, you got to be this big mogul to be able to get into commercial real estate. That's just the way media is portrayed. Imposter it. syndrome, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then, and then the second thing is, is credit. You think you have that perfect credit, perfect, uh, perfect credit. Just for the record, so everybody understands, I've only personally guaranteed a one commercial property in my entire life, and it was an eight million dollar plus deal that was a little larger. And I'll tell you what, I didn't sleep so good at night just noting that I was on the hook for that. I bought, I sold that property, so it's no longer in my portfolio. But ever since then, and this was very early on in my career when that happened, um, just several years into it, I vowed that I'm never going to give a personal guarantee again. So everything that I do is called non-recourse basis, which does not require your personal credit. So regardless of where your credit's at, you do not need to have any credit to do this business because it's, everything is done on a non-recourse basis. And then, so it's big and scary, the credit thing, and then the money thing. And getting money in this day and age, um, I always say I got deep pockets, but I got short arms, but because uh, <laughs> I practice <laughs> what I preach, right? Nobody likes a hypocrite, so I practice what I, what I preach. But um, the fact is there's zero shortage of money, even in a time like now, people are, are hoarding their money, they're keeping it real close. And, and commercial real estate is one of those things where you can touch it, see it, sometimes smell it. And the fact is, if you have your hands on the gears and you're controlling it, there's really no better place to put your money um, as long as you're keeping control of that. And uh, that's, that's something really important. So I have something called the Buyer's Club, and if anybody's interested, they can check that out on my website too. There's a link there and they can see that uh, they can join my buyer's club. There's zero cost for it. And you can take a look at deals that we have when they come up and um, you know, it's there for you to deploy your capital and, and take advantage of huge discounts, you know, and uh, seller finance terms from time to time and, uh, and huge upside, create your portfolio, get started. 
Awesome. So that basically wraps up our interview. Thank you so much for coming on. I got one last thing we do on the show every time. We call it the Heroes Challenge. Heroes Challenge is really simple. Um, and it's basically this. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come on the Hero Show and share their story with our audience? Cool. So I do have a guy. Um, uh, his name is Jeff. And what Jeff has done is something different than what I have done. And he has wholesaled uh, land. And I think that he's got superhero uh, powers because he has the ability to take something that's not income producing and being able to have a way to take it and turn it and make money. And I think that is really cool. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll reach out later, see if we can get him on the show as well, get him to share his story. Last thing we want to do, Terry, is find out where can people find you if they're interested in learning your process, your six-step process, and maybe becoming part of that army and doing some deals with you. Where can they find out about that if they're interested? Maybe they have cash now and they're interested in getting real estate, but they want to maybe put those into some of the deals that you guys are doing with your people. Where can they find all that information? Um, and who are, who are the right types of people to reach out? Got it. So I'll cover the first part and then I'll let them know where they can find me. Um, the right person is, is to someone who's got a invest in myself mindset. Like I said, we're not just talking capital. It's also time. And, and one of these things, it's like, they always have this, this old saying, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Meaning you can do everything that you can possible, encourage somebody to do something, but you can't make them do it. They have to have the relentlessness for success. They have to have the willingness. And that's somebody that really is a good fit for us. We work with people that are decisive, people that want to go ahead and move at a fast pace people that are comfortable at their own home, just working with a phone and a computer that can see themselves locating a project, pre-screening it, doing the evaluation, speaking the same language, getting it to us, and then working with a team. You gotta be a team player. And for that, if that's you, great. Um, you can go to Terry Hale, that's T-E-R-R-Y-H-A-L-E.com. Um, there's some great webinar training that's uh, at no cost. Uh, just invest your time in that, check it out, and we'll see if you're fit. And if so, uh, we jump on our call together and have a casual chat. So I appreciate being here, Richard, and thank you so much for having me on. As you can see, I am a superhero. So look forward to turning your listeners into superheroes. <laughs> did you, did you have those superhero glasses still? You should sh show, show, show the audience your superhero glasses. Here, in signing off, I'm going to be flying in. Hang on, here I go. There you go. <laughs> uh, right on so thank you so much thank you so much for coming on the show terry really appreciate it do you have any uh, final words of wisdom for the audience here before we hit that stop record button yeah i do you know what right now there's going to be more multi-millionaires made from this recession that's upon us so i highly encourage you to take action today do something today that your future self will thank you for it starts with a little bit of action go to terryhill.com and get started come and check us out and I appreciate all of you. Take care and be safe. Thanks again, Richard. Appreciate being here. Awesome. Thank you for coming on, Terry. Really appreciate your time.